0: Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fulleries, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy.
1: And here he is, ladies home. and gentlemen, the one, the Every only Jerry the Springer. Thank you. Ooh, Thanks for having me yeah. back. Hey Jerry, we uh, we had on last week. Uh, The law firm Tyler, Lance, Walker and Gill. No, it's we had a country singer on by the name of (laughs) Tyler, Lance, Walker, Gill from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, did a really interesting song and had a good conversation with him. We asked him if he would come back again this week. He agreed. So everyone stick around. I'm going to be bringing Tyler on in a few minutes. And I wanted to ask you, Jerry, because we always like to start off with what we internally call your commentary it's kind of the heart of the podcast, actually, it's Jerry Springer podcast, is, and that's this, with all of this chatter about the pending reversal of Roe v. Wade, and we're pretty sure that's going to happen, uh, aren't we? Because n- nobody, like Judge Alito, Supreme Court judge, is not denying it. And mm-hmm. that's the whole speculation. The word is going to be a five to Even if majority. they didn't
2: reverse it, it'd be entirely unrecognizable right so it doesn't really you know one way or another it seems to be going down
1: now judge alito jerry we've all noticed is uh kind of taken the position of well you know what it means is is that um the states will decide state by state and that's the way it should be that's his philosophy in the leaked version what do you think of that
2: well surely there is irony in the supreme court's outrage at having the privacy of their internal workings invaded by the leaking of Justice Samuel Alito's draft opinion on reversing Roe v. Wade, while at the same time being perfectly comfortable with that very same opinion invading the privacy of women who become pregnant and whose pregnancy doesn't result in a live birth. It appears to these conservative justices that privacy is only important when it's theirs. Now, I say women who become pregnant, not just those who have an abortion. Why? Well, in states where abortion will be outlawed, women will be required to carry a fetus to term. But what if there's a medical emergency, an accident or a miscarriage, and in the process the pregnancy is unintentionally terminated or the baby is stillborn? How will the state know whether there's been an abortion? In a sense, the woman's body becomes a potential crime scene as the state investigates whether or not to prosecute the doctor who may have performed an abortion or anyone who may have helped. The woman's records and her testimony become evidence in determining whether or not, in fact, there's been an abortion. How is this not an invasion of her privacy? This nightmarish scenario is absolutely believable in light of the legislation now being passed in conservative-run states. Now, Alito, perhaps recognizing the chaos his opinion will visit on the lives of women, apparently now seeks cover by suggesting that he's merely leaving the abortion issue up to the states. That is to say, let democracy decide the issue. If people from a particular state don't want to restrict or outlaw abortion, then they can vote to permit it that's democracy, he says. Well, not exactly. It's no secret that he and his conservative colleagues on the court have turned a blind eye to voter suppression in certain communities, as well as to gerrymandering, which has resulted in states having Republican anti-choice legislatures, even though a clear majority of the state's voters are pro-choice. See Ohio and Florida. Now, others have been making these points, of course, but I have a more basic problem with Alito's argument. Saying let the voters decide misses the point. Individual rights should never be subjected to the will of the voters or any other group. The whole purpose of the Bill of Rights is to give each and every individual citizen the right to believe, to pray, to speak as he or she wishes to be secure in the privacy of their property, possessions, and thoughts, to be absolutely free on these issues from the power of the state or even the influence of the majority. Indeed, even if you're the only person in America who has a particular view or belief, your right to hold it and have it protected is guaranteed. That is freedom. That's the purpose of the Bill of Rights. What difference is it to a woman if the people deciding what she can do with her own body happen to be sitting in the state capitol rather than in Washington, D.C.? The point Alito and his cohort seem to be missing is that the right to privacy, which the Bill of Rights is based on, is inviolate. And whether a woman chooses to be pregnant for nine months and have a baby is no one else's business, not a government office, officials, not a politicians, not even a majority of the voters of her state. The Bill of Rights is there to protect an individual, even if he or she is not part of the majority. Why can't Alito get that?
1: Wow, that's a good one, Jerry. And uh... We think, because now they're beginning to roll out for the finish of of this session, uh, rulings. And we think in the next number of weeks, they could fool us and put it out tomorrow, or it could be sometime in June, but we're going to know soon enough. So we're not done talking about this. Uh, In fact, a quick follow-up question, and then I wanted to bring up something else to you. Did you notice on Saturday, and it happened in Cincinnati, and I live in northern Kentucky, you know, within eyesight yeah. of the, of Cincinnati. So we're the biggest city that I'm near. And there was a protest of a lot of people here. Was there something in Sarasota yes. as well? Yeah, there happened? was a
2: big rally in Sarasota as well. So it's, all... uh, it's happening all over the country. Yeah. There is. Go- I mean, there is going to be such outrage. And it's not the main consideration here, but. It's impossible to believe that if there is one thing that is going to unite Democrats and, you know, frankly, Democrats were sitting back thinking, oh, boy, 2022 is going to be a tough midterm election for us. And but now, even if it's the only reason people come to the polls, recognizing what the opposition party can do, you know, my message. Would be just as one citizen, is I don't care if your next door neighbor, if your best friend is your congressman or congresswoman. That has nothing to do with it. This time, when you go to the polls in November, you must, whatever political party they're of, and most likely to be, to be honest, they'll be Republicans whatever political party they are, you must vote against that person, even if that person is your best friend. It is the only way the woman's right will be protected. You know, you know, if you're sitting alone in a room with God and you have to be totally honest, you know full well that if the Republicans get the majority in the Senate and the Congress and the presidency, you know that all of those rights are gone. They've told you that, they voted that way. So that's the, no more complaints about, oh, they're not being responsive, they don't care about our rights, none of that. If you vote for someone who you already know takes that position, whether you're talking about school boards, whether you're talking about abortion, whether you're talking about civil rights, All of that. In this culture war, no one can be on the sidelines anymore. No more sidelines. We've ripped away the stands. You're part of this country. you got to get into the battle. That's what I would say. Let's
1: touch on that, uh, because uh, for people who don't know, you're in Sarasota, Florida and you have some family and you spend a lot of time in uh, the chicago area as well and you went to law school at Mm -hmm. northwestern so you have a long history there Uh, and yeah and you grew up in new york city but you spent years in the cincinnati area as a successful politician both a city council member for many years a mayor uh, and a news person and so you're well known in ohio and there are two races where actually the candidates have said, can you help help us out by going out, rallying voters and uh, focusing attention on this issue? So on your very point, there is a chance now, if in fact what happens in the next month happens, and we're virtually certain it's going to, that it is going to drive passion on the Democrat side in this upcoming election. So, and one of the candidates who won the primary last week is the former mayor of Dayton. So this is on the Democratic Party side. And she's running against DeWine, who is an incumbent Republican governor, who, by the way, has favored uh, striking down abortion. So he's no he's not a uh, woman's rights uh, person. And the woman running against him, former mayor of Dayton, is Nan Whaley. So. She all of a sudden has kind of a—you got to look at her a little differently in this race. Uh, A woman, uh, pro uh, women's rights candidate, and then there's Tim Ryan, who holds the same view. He and he is a congressman from the Youngstown area, the northern part of the state. So Nan Whaley's more from the southern part of the state, and Tim Ryan's going to be running for Senate against now. J.D. Vance, a venture capitalist, rich guy uh, living in the Cincinnati area and a uh, a whipping boy of Donald Trump, who used to say the same things you and I said about Donald Trump. J.D. Vance did, author of Hillbilly Elegy, uh, turned into a major movie, by the way. So that's where his celebrity comes from. So if you go out on the road, the Jerry Springer show, speaking, you know, around the state and uh, drawing attention to this issue. Uh, and I, well, you and I've chatted about this and you're willing to do it. And I applaud you for doing it. And all of a sudden you're putting uh, your person and your money where your mouth is. You're going to engage. That's your very point, isn't it? Yeah. You can't sit on the sidelines no. in this upcoming November election. You've got to engage.
2: Yeah. I mean, That's- this is. Whatever legacy any of us have, whatever we're passing down to our kids, the world they're going to inherit, the battle is now. I mean, it is now. You know, young people today grew up in a world where they, you know, for example, just because we've been talking about Roe v. Wade, that was the law of the land. That's been the law of the land. If you're under 50 years old, if you're under 60 years old, because the first few years of your life, you're not conscious of all this stuff, you know. For the last, for your entire life, if you're under 60 years of age, you've just assumed that women had control of their own bodies. I mean, you know, what in, in 2022, we're still arguing that? Can you yeah. imagine if they pass such laws about men, if it's a legislature could come around and say, we're going to uh, cut off the you know what of men, because that'll you know, then there won't be any bad behavior or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we would never for a second put up with that, but because it's women at some level, there are guys that are sitting there and pontificating, you know, which they would have a different issue. If their daughter was raped, they would have a different, they would all of a sudden say, well, that's, yeah. this is different. I love my daughter. And, God, she was raped. I'd like to get my hands on the guy that did that. She's 16 years old. How in the world, you know, is is, she's not ready to have a, you know, a child at some point. No, we got to, you know, we'll take care of it. That's how families react. Now, is there any family in America that makes a different decision? Yeah, probably. But clearly, 90% of America would say that if it was their daughter, and their daughter got raped or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's. that's what we're dealing with right now in these culture wars. It is war and America in some level is moving to the right, and it doesn't end well. And all you have to do is look at the history of the 20th century. It doesn't end well. All right, we're
1: gonna I, we're gonna go in a second here to Tyler Lance Walker Gill. You want to stick around for that uh, singer songwriter from Louisville? I wanted to touch on one other thing with you, Jerry. Uh, and I was just chatting about how uh, your well-deserved, hard-earned celebrity over the years in both politics and media and in entertainment—that uh, you—I'm not joking when I say this because I, I goof on you a lot, but because we're old friends but I can't imagine what it's like to be a celebrity and it probably is a double-edged sword. This is maybe my first question to you. It probably has this one side of it is, yeah, it's cool. Wherever I go, I'm recognized and people want photos and it's kind of, it feels like a compliment. On the other hand, it robs you of some of your privacy, but wherever you go, because I've seen it all over the country and even outside the country where you get, surrounded sometimes literally whether it's a theater in new york or an inner city neighborhood or a rural part of ohio but there was one exception to that we were with the podcast in cuba and you remember this trip we've had oh, great memories yeah. you and i and our spouses and yeah. a couple crew members from the podcast and we had a wonderful time for about a week in cuba and the thing is uh, our audience is that we've mentioned this before, but it's been a while. Uh, Jerry, because Cuba is a uh, much more of a closed down country, American television, unless it's bootlegged in and it does get bootlegged in, is blocked out. So yeah. the Jerry Springer show, we noticed and kind of kidded about it is you could walk the streets of Cuba and we saw it. And it was a little different. There were some people coming up, but then they had British accents. So they knew about you. They were from Britain or they were Americans like us touring. But a lot of people didn't. You were just another guy. That was a
2: moral outrage. <laughs> I <know. laughs> that so was, I, I asked David to uh, have. All of a sudden something. I was anti Castro. <laughs> yeah. Right. right how, yeah. how could he have kept our show? At, out right. Of right. There? <laughs> right. In so, fact, it probably would have made his point. I, I if he would have let our show run. He'd still be then, alive. <laughs> then they, would, they wouldn't they would support America. Who could right. watch our show and want to come to America? Well, uh, <laughs> there is a place in
1: Cuba, in Havana, it's a wonderful place, called the Malacan. And it oh, is was great. Uh, yeah. a wall. And it's a sea wall. And when you stand on it or better yet, sit on it, your feet are dangling over the ocean side and there are waves crashing up below your feet and looking straight out. You can't see it because of the horizon, but that's Key West. So is it not true, Jerry, All every night, seven nights a week, and the temperature there is always wonderful, all these people gather on the seawall yeah. and they're just, it's like a big park and they're just hanging out. And about every 15th person, right, Jerry's playing a guitar. Yeah. And and Tyler, you would have loved this too. Casey Campbell, our music coordinator and himself a singer-songwriter, he was there with a guitar, and this broke out. This is Casey Campbell. Somebody must have requested it or maybe a Cuban uh, person started to play this, the famous Beatles song. I saw her standing there. Listen to Jerry Springer belting it out with no one knowing who the hell he was. Play it, David. <laughs> what? Oh! Thanks, David. I gotta oh, tell you,
2: I thought that was Paul McCartney. Oh, no, it was, was amazing.
1: <laughs> it was amazing,
2: and and you know
1: I I shot that, and the audio is horrible because I shot it on a cell phone, a video, and I have seen that the way this came up. I was going through some uh, photos the other day on my phone, and I saw that and played it, and it's even better when you see the video. There are all these, like I say, just regular Cuban folks hanging out on the wall. And we were just some other people hanging out on the wall with them. Jerry singing. Trust me, if you did that in New York city, Jerry, you'd have a, a crowd around and they would all know who you were. And there, it was just some guy from the generation. That's the point. Yeah. You and I are from that generation. Yeah. And you were singing the song with great relish and we were all singing it with you and laughing and having a good time. So, uh, and we have a great photo, uh, a last point on this, standing in a kind of like a Sokolo, a gathering spot, a city center, a neighborhood in Havana. and you're standing there and we and we shot this on purpose with you in the middle uh, with a photo of you and people all around talking, and you could never do that in New York City either. You could never get a photo of you just standing or any other celebrity. Yeah. To standing alone, and that's the nature of. Uh, and That's when I famously said, "Tear down this wall." <laughs> Praying <laughs> my oh, and there was one, maybe the, the really cool thing, is that someone said because we were having dinners with all these interesting people, including oh, yeah. government officials, etc., and someone introduced you. To some young people from Havana that then asked for a meeting with you. And they met in the hotel lounge area. Oh, by the way, didn't you and Mickey stay in the hotel that blew up last week? Yes. That's where Oh you my stay. gosh. Yes, that was the hotel. I know. Oh, right. You didn't stay in that hotel. No, no, no. We were in a BB a few blocks <laughs> away. Yeah. And so You're in right.
2: that, oh in my that
1: lounge area. Yeah. You met and because I came to the meeting with a team of maybe four or five kids, Cuban kids, and they had uh, recording gear and they were telling you about El Paquito. I think that's what it was called, the packet. yeah, And it was their renegade effort to get illegal content from America. Stealing the intellectual property from visitors, family members who were visiting other family members in America, and taking thumb drives and recording in America TV shows like Friends or The Office and all of this music, and then bringing it back and selling it to them. This was all uh, underground currency. They then would duplicate it and go around the neighborhoods of Cuba and sell this stolen intellectual property. And they wanted to meet with you to see if you could work with them to get the Jerry Springer show to them. And, of course, you said politely yeah. whatever you said to us, like, no, I'm yeah. going to do that. I work that's you know,
2: my you know, What show. I said was, what's my percentage? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot. I that's was I great. No, no. Yeah, I said, that's. I can't do that. That's, and they did know who you were. That
1: team of yeah. kids,
2: I was in that meeting, it was great. Well, because they apparently, uh, just by what you're saying, yeah, they dealt in watching American television American shows content, and getting the content here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they did, I
1: remember also, they had a conversation with you about, and I don't think anything <laughs> came of any of this, but I know they didn't get the content of the show, but there was also conversation about, uh, help us start a version of the Jerry Springer show in Cuba. Yeah. And yeah. You know, and then we left and life yeah. went on. But anyway, it was interesting. All right. So let's bring on uh Tyler uh, again. Tyler, you were on with us last week. Let me reintroduce Tyler Lance Walker Gill, Louisville, Kentucky. How you doing tonight, Tyler? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me back. Heck yeah, man. We love your music. We're glad you're back. We want people uh We want to do our small part to let people know about you. And uh, last week we talked about, um, you know, where you're, what style of music you do. And uh, uh, let me ask you this, as you uh, now are getting rooted in this business and you were (laughs) telling us before the show that, and, and so like so many uh, performers and songwriters, you do some bartending on the side. Mm. Uh, excuse me. You do some things to pay the bills. And uh, but your passion, you do that to get enough money so you can do your passion, which is right write and perform music. You travel around a little bit because you told us last week you had a show and they may be over by now, but you did uh, uh show up in Chicago and you know something in Indianapolis. You're getting out now post COVID. But what is inspiring you now in your songwriting? What 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 drives you? What are you writing about?
0: Well, I think uh, I feel like there's a trend in country music right now that's very serious, and uh, I'm I'm just going against that trend a little bit. Okay. Um, the song we listened to last week is like a political. You know, it's a pretty serious song, but the song we're going to listen to this week is a little more fun and upbeat. I I like to, like, uh, play more party country music. Like, I I, I like the idea of playing the stuff that you would hear at a honky tonk and people are drinking and having a good time, as opposed to the uh, sadder side of country. I still write a sad song every now and then, but... Yeah. Generally speaking, like we're working on an album right now and I'm I'm just trying to slide in as many little jokes and and whatnot, funnier concepts, mostly drinking songs and stuff yeah. like that, you know.
1: Well, you know, we should throw a compliment to you. I, I always think it's cool when somebody is uh, a creative person is up to something, <laughs> which means you got to figure out what, what I'm up to what's what's my thing? what's my style what's my uh what am I trying to say and I'm hearing you say and I I like it is that you want to you know yeah you do say it's all now and then but you like you know kind of go more the honky-tonk route which you said was an influence on you you told us that last week yeah that style of music I, I think that's actually uh Uh, very cool. And uh, do you get, do you find as you go out and perform and uh, sell records that people are open to that attitude, if you will, creative attitude?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, it's just like anything else. Uh, You know, I just have to find, find my audience. I know that at shows, I'll uh, surprise people who don't know what they've gotten themselves into. And I've got like a guitar that's it's a bush beer guitar that's shaped like mountains that lights up hmm. so i i've got all kinds of like sticky stage yeah. stuff and i think people are like what the hell is this yeah <laughs> but i think that most of those audiences are uh they get it pretty quick like oh this is not a sad guy guitar you know like uh heartbreak poetry this is more yeah. like hooky uh things to clink glasses to like that's the kind of vibe we're going
1: for you know who roger miller is
0: it's so funny that you bring that up because i bet you don't know this but during the pandemic i learned uh i learned about 40 roger miller songs no kidding
1: it was oh, just like great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know how like uh during the pandemic everyone like learned a skill. Everyone can make sourdough bread now, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I I learned how to how to scat like Roger Miller. That's oh, my that's great.
1: my new oh, great.
0: talent. So, I've been going around town just locally uh doing solo sets of purely
1: Roger Miller songs. So, God, that is interesting cuz he when you're talking this stuff I'm thinking, man, that's That's right. Right, Jerry. That's kind of Roger Miller attitude. He had that same comedic, uh, creative uh, attitude. He's
2: my my hero. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Well, he was one of the first ones to become cool when country wasn't viewed as cool. Yeah. Right. Country was viewed as sentimental, hardcore. We have tough lives, all kind of serious. And then he comes along and, with nonsense songs but he was he was winking the whole time so yeah oh and yeah. then showed his
1: chops tyler when he wrote big river a damn broadway oh, musical yeah. yeah and wrote all the songs including some of these novelty kinds of songs some of which i think are up probably on your list of 40
0: yep i learned uh i learned one from big river this week called uh hand for the hog oh yeah and yeah. it's uh it's one of the silliest songs. My my fiancé has to sit around listening to me yeah. uh, practice these yeah. things all the time, and right. she doesn't love Hand for the Hog. But it's <laughs> one of my favorites because it's a, it's so silly. Um, but also, like, River in the Rain is a song from oh, them. It, what That's a great one. show that was. From it was produced show? by yeah.
2: uh, at least two of the producers were from Cincinnati. Uh, right. Fred Marison and the late Rick Steiner. Yeah. Uh, they produced... Um, Big River. And I remember going to New York to see it. What a wonderful show. And uh, I wish you could see me uh, tonight. Uh, What was that called? Yeah. Anyway, I love the songs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you have a a song you're going to do tonight. Uh, Does
1: it fit this uh, genre? The song's called Go to Hell. Yeah,
0: I think it does. And this is a The audio we're going to hear is uh, from a music video that we shot. So it's a live uh, performance of us uh, doing like a single camera shot in a circle. So that was like our
1: very cheap music
0: video. But uh, yeah, I think it it fits pretty well with what we're talking about here.
1: Sounds good. Here we go. Tyler, Lance, Walker, Gill doing Go to Hell. Yeah, we're ready. All right. Take 313. Toddler. that is great. Uh, man, we appreciate having you on a couple episodes. And uh, tell us again, where can people find your music uh, beyond our show?
0: Um, I've, I've got us out there on all the streaming platforms. Um, I'm on all the social medias. If you want to see me do a bunch of Roger Miller songs, you should yeah. follow me on TikTok.
1: Um, okay on tiktok yeah oh, right. that's where you're doing. I've, Yeah,
0: i've had to find some reason to be on tiktok aside from just scrolling and laughing at right. funny videos so yeah. uh i'm posting those roger miller covers on there but uh that's spotify I,
1: apple music all that stuff okay well the tiktok angle's good that's creative man that's a good way to you know that that's like you say that's something to do there that becomes uh becomes your thing on tiktok so we'll, yeah. we'll look for it there uh So uh, that's uh, Tyler Lance Walker Gill. Be sure to check him out while you're at it. Check us out. and Anytime you see us uh, where you have an opportunity to do so, uh, give us a top rating. And uh, I may pick off one or two and uh, name you on the air or drag your sorry butt on here and have a conversation with us. So uh, (laughs) taking us out now for this episode is our own Jerry Springer joining from a past episode, we got this on recording, the famous Tyler Childers doing Down by the Riverside. Thanks, guys. going
3: to lay down my heavy load Down by the Riverside down by the riverside, I'm gonna lay down my heavy load. Down by the riverside, I'm gonna study.